Chapter Thirteen of Miss D. Dunmore Bryant by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirteen. There is a difference. For weeks after that talk with her mother, Daisy wandered about the house in a disconsolate and preoccupied way. It seemed not possible for her to settle her mind to anything. Even a new book, which came to her through the post office, from D. Dunmore herself, a lovely history of real happenings put into such delightful story form that Line said it was just as fascinating as though it hadn't happened, had hard work to hold Daisy's attention long at a time. She had such a difficult question to settle. Should she go into business with her dollies, set a price on them, and actually sell them, and have them carried away from her? It seemed beyond belief. It was in vain for her to assure herself that her mother was right, and they were not truly children, and it was extremely foolish in her to act as though they were. But then, would poor Daisy's heart say to her common sense, in a sorrowful undertone, neither am i a truly woman i'm just a little girl and things have to be real when i play or there would be no pleasure in playing nevertheless the bryants were very poor to add to their anxieties the mother herself was sick for one whole week not dangerously so at least she said it was only a cold and the pain in her head was only neuralgia but it kept her from her work for more than a week and that meant serious additions to their anxieties. Daisy felt sure of it, though very little was said before her. The mother did not help her with her problem, though more than once petitioned by both Line and Ben to do so. Mother, why don't you tell the mouse to keep her dear thirty-five and be joyful in them? Ben would ask, and add heartily, I'm at work again, and I see a way to earn quite a little before summer and we can manage, I feel sure. Then Line would come. Mothery, don't you think Daisy looks pale? The poor little mouse is worrying, I'm afraid, about her dollies. Couldn't you just tell her there is no need for her selling them? I really think it is almost as hard for her as it would be for what she calls a truly mother to do such a thing. Then would Mrs. Bryant smile and shake her head, though she looked a little bit anxious at the same time. I don't think it wise to interfere, children. Daisy is young to deal with such questions, but at the same time, in some things, she is older than her years. It is the ever-repeated question which has to be fought out in all lives sooner or later. Shall I do for myself or for others? That is, shall I make self the object or only the means to an end? I may be talking above even you two she would add with a wan smile. You are so patient under the cares and responsibilities which generally belong to men and women, instead of to such young shoulders as yours, and you are so intelligent and appreciative that I am sometimes in danger of forgetting that your minds are young. Then would Ben and Line exchange quiet glances, which said as plainly as words could have done, Poor mother, dear mother! We will never let her guess that we are young, we are old and strong, and she shall lean on us. And they would sigh almost impatiently sometimes for the days when they could lift from her every burden. They felt sure the days would come. 
after a moment of silence mrs bryant would try to explain further besides i am more than doubtful about the wisdom of encouraging daisy to make play life so real her imagination needs guiding or checking i hardly know what it needs and i hardly feel competent to deal with it but i am quite sure that she must come to a decision about this matter all by herself i feel sure that she will if we are quiet and patient and that it will be a decision which will help her in the future but mrs bryant was mistaken daisy did not reach the decision without help instead one of the forlornest little girls who lived on smith alley more than a mile away from the little brown house of the bryants helped her the early spring days were upon them while this grave question was pending some of those deceitful days often belonging to early spring when the sun shines warm and bright and the early birds appear and the summer makes believe she has changed the plans of years and is just at the door coaxing the buds to swell before their time wooing young ducklings who have come into the world early along with all other too early things to take some delightful swims in the pond wooing the foolish children to coax to wear their thin dresses and leave off shoes and stockings for just a little while wooing some foolish mothers to give consent by and by there comes a day when the ducklings are sorry they are born that the birds sit in ruffled up balls with one foot under them and wish they had listened to reason and stayed in the south when the buds on the trees wish they had not swelled when the hoarse sneezing croupy children wish the spring had not made believe arrive and then let winter and frost and coughs and sore throats in at the door she left ajar when she retreated all these things were happening this spring in the town where the bryants lived and though daisy her mother being sensible still wore her thick plaid dress and her winter shoes and stockings there were children especially some living on smith alley who kicked off their worn shoes and ragged stockings which truth to tell they sometimes did even earlier than this because they were too worn to be kept on and rejoiced in the pretense of summer it was on one of those lovely afternoon deceptions that daisy coming with line from mrs martin's with a basket of spring sewing for line to do saw a sight which filled her with pity and dismay two children from smith alley bare as to feet and ankles ragged as to dress uncouth as to hair and hands one of them perhaps ten years old and the other a wee baby of a creature played just above the stream where some silly ducklings swam what the argument had been or how she was persuaded into thinking it the thing to do daisy did not know but just as she crossed the bridge above where they were down went the younger ones soiled and ragged and battered dolly into the water the ducks were astonished and hurried away from it they need not have done so the current was swift and the dolly herself made all speed down the stream out of reach presently out of sight the loud wail which arose from the younger smith alley child as she saw her treasure disappear went to daisy's very heart she threw it in herself she said to line horror in her voice she drowned it how could she oh how could she hush daisy said line 
she wanted it to swim i suppose like the ducks she thought it could daisy dear how foolish for daisy was crying bitterly it was only a worn-out broken doll oh dear said line to herself mother is right these things are all too real to daisy what shall i do with her we can't go through town with her in such distress but daisy had already checked her sobs and was waiting for the smith alley children to come toward them the younger one being born in her sister's arms and still crying passionately yes ma'am explained the girl in answer to line's question she thought it could swim you see like the ducks she is so little you know poor little young one she loved her dolly so much no ma'am she hasn't any other this was all the one she ever had it was broke but she loved it never mind sally don't cry any more father will hear you maybe the suggestion seemed to hush the wild crying a little daisy could not imagine why but line could and her face darkened over the thought are you mrs zimmerman's children she asked yes ma'am said the girl we live down there at the end of the sawmill or behind it in that red house line nodded and drew daisy's hand in her own to lead her away she did not know what more to say but she felt that she understood perfectly why the mention of father had quieted the almost baby old joe the worst drunkard in town was mrs zimmerman's husband she explained a little to daisy as they walked away she thought it might be well to withdraw her thoughts from the drowned dolly he is a drunkard daisy the father is and very cross to his children when he has been drinking which is most all the time i have heard that he whipped that little girl once until her flesh was so sore her mother had to wet cloths all night in something cooling and lay on it why don't they put him in prison asked daisy in wide-eyed horror i don't know they can't i suppose besides sometimes he is good and kind and works hard to take care of them all and kisses that very little girl it is only when he has been drinking whiskey that he is bad then why does he drink it he can't help it he says he is a poor weak man you know who has done wrong so many times and learned to want the whiskey so much that when he goes by where it is and smells it he can't let it alone he wants to i heard him say so and he will go without for weeks and then a time will come when he can't seem to let it alone but line why don't they why don't men good men help him and put all the whiskey where he can't ever get a smell of it or buy it if he wanted to ah said line setting her lips firmly in a way that she had when she felt that she could say a great deal if she wanted to but knew it was better not to do so that question is too hard for me to answer you must go to some of those good men and find out however daisy didn't she went home to her study and her own little chair and took arabella aurelia in her arms and sat silent and thoughtful for a long time with the traces of tears still on her face at last she came to her mother arabella aurelia still in her arms mamma you know that story we read last sunday about the boy who had his tenths i remember well couldn't he 
i mean couldn't anybody give tents of things as well as money why certainly if their things were such as could be divided i knew a man who did that with his garden and his wood lot and indeed all that he had when there were ten baskets of potatoes dug he had the tenth one laid in a heap by itself to give to the poor when the cabbages were brought in each tenth one was laid aside when his wood was drawn to town to be sold he said the tenth load was the lord's this is sometimes a very nice way to do has my daisy anything she would like to divide into tenths i was thinking mamma if i went into business you know the voice was low but controlled and there was an air of grave resolve about her face such as had not been seen for days i could that is couldn't i wouldn't i have a right to give one-tenth of all my dollies to to other little girls who were poor and couldn't buy any would that be giving to the lord mother i certainly think it would daisy if you use your property to make others happy because you want to follow his rule of living he has promised to accept the gift as made to him yet while she made this grave explanation mrs bryant was divided as she often was when she talked with this queer little daughter between the desire to laugh or to cry she could hardly tell which well said daisy after another reflective pause still speaking in that grave womanly tone i have almost decided yes i may say i have quite decided to do it a long-drawn sigh finished that tremendous sentence of self-surrender i will go and see miss webster about the plans this afternoon if you will let me but mother there's one thing that seems to me i must have settled so that we will all understand about it always yes said mrs bryant in her most sympathetic and encouraging tone setting down her bowl of flour and drawing a chair to wait for daisy's further revelations this business was so important that nothing must be done in undue haste what is it little daughter mother i do not feel that i could ever ever in the world sell arabella aurelia oh surely not said mrs bryant with decision enough to satisfy even daisy no one would think of such a thing i am sure nor even give her away continued daisy her voice faltering a little over the words i do not feel that i could make her a tenth unless unless you know some reason came up which made me think i ought to do it it does not seem at all probable to me that any reason will ever come up said this wise and sympathetic mother i think you are quite right daughter and may rest easy concerning it in her heart she wondered whether after all she need be so much troubled about this little girl of hers was she not on the whole if more clinging less selfish than most of her elders and then mother said daisy it seems to me that i ought not to part with d dunmore bryant because she came to me in such a way that it does not seem quite like a dolly but more like a like a personal friendship said daisy choosing her words with great care and then she has that name you know i quite agree with you said mrs bryant actually resorting to a little cough now to cover a smile d dunmore bryant should never be sold or given away 
or at least not until you are a grown woman after that of course you have a right to change your mind but i do not think i would consent to it myself before then it was in this way and with this help that the momentous question was settled and daisy went that very afternoon to miss webster to get suggestions as to how to set herself up as a woman of business it was that lady's own sweet tact which caused her to select from her portfolio of engravings one which she gave to daisy for the study a personal decoration to signalize as a sort of memorial of this important time in her life the picture was accompanied by some very choice gilt paper so heavily embossed that it looked almost a truly frame when it had been prepared by ben's careful hand it was a quaint home scene across the sea a mother and father and some admiring friends all absorbed in watching the pretty motions of a year-old baby whose small plump hands could almost be seen to flutter and then draw back as he argued the question in his little brain whether he should give a spring after his father's whiskers or stay where he was daisy studied it with the gravest face after it was settled in its proper place in the study then turned at last from it with that curious little half-suppressed sigh as she said gravely to her mother there is a difference even in a picture there is a great difference i never had a dolly who had a look on its face like that baby dear child said mrs bryant that is a picture of a soul End of chapter 13